0: Bravo um, was a film that knocked my socks off. I had the opportunity uh, to interview Paul Katis, the director, and uh, it was the international premiere of the film. And it's it's a it's a disturbing film on a lot of levels. It's an it's it's a frenetic film. I mean, I think it's being kind of uh, called. I know I immediately started to think of the Hurt Locker, and I believe it's being referred to as UK's Hurt Locker. But it's a it's a film about about relationships it's a film about pushing the envelope relationally and what we would do to to save others what we would do to reach out to others and it's about a group of men a group of soldiers in Afghanistan and it's about vulnerability and it, and it's kind of an anti-war film in some regards and i thought of black hawk down actually uh, uh, th- uh, throughout but it's you know it's it's and it's and it's also it's it's a love story it really is a fascinating film on so many levels. It moves along at a really great clip, and Paul Katus, the director, was wonderful. I hope we have more time together in the future. Um, listen in. Uh, this is this is worth not only. Uh, this is film is not only worth uh, seeing, but it's the kind of film worth seeing a second time and reflecting on further. Paul Katus uh, and Kilo to Bravo. So welcome to Face to Face. I am uh, again just blown away at who I've been able to meet at this fortieth. Uh, anniversary of the Toronto International Film Festival. Paul Cadis is here, first time director, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, first time feature director. First time feature director, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. And his film, Kilo 2 Bravo, which frankly was exhausting, I I have to say, on a certain level. I mean, congratulations on the film. Uh, I know it opened last night, and love to talk about the response, but I mean, to say it's an anti-war film, I think, is a bit of an
2: understatement. That's interesting. That's interesting. I certainly didn't set out to make an anti-war film, uh, but nor did I set out to make a pro-war film. Right. Uh, you know, uh, and it's very interesting that when you're making war films, everyone thinks that the filmmaker should be obliged to have a statement on one side or the other, um, which I sort of didn't didn't want to do. I simply wanted to show the experience of war from the soldier's point of view. Uh, now these guys sign up, they train, they're professionals, they know what they're about, they know what they're going into, but they're still very young men, um, they're going to feat, uh, face quite the most horrible of circumstances, and I just wanted to know how those young men would cope.
0: It's, fa- it's fascinating to me that, for for a war film, I don't know that there were any Gunshots? Machine gun fire? I don't know that I've even heard. I've heard a few just, explosions just, at the beginning. Just
2: one. I, there's, there's the firefight that's, that's miles away. That Correct, they yeah. And they
0: fire a flare, don't
2: they? Yeah, They fire a flare, and they also, in order to make the break, because the British didn't have enough batteries uh on the Which ridge, is fabulous, by the uh, way, which I want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> the, the only way of one post alerting the other one was to fire a pistol shot in there.
0: Ah right, thank you. So we're back to communication because that's a theme in this film. Mm-hmm. Or or should I say anti-communication. Yeah. There's a real interesting theme about batteries dying, walkie-talkie's not working. Um, the okay, it's not funny, but the shot of from the drone I'm gonna say misses completely yeah. the, the you know, so there seems to be this real breakdown in the film on a lot of levels. Um, but one thing I, I want to talk to you about too is, so it's not necessarily an anti-war film, but uh, I mean, I have to say, I, I, I mean, I came away not feeling like I wanted to sign up. I wasn't going to the Canadian Armed Forces to sign up. I'm certainly not going to encourage my son to. But I've come came away feeling, I don't know, hopeful about the human race on some level.
2: That's that's that, that's interesting, and um, I think it's absolutely true because, in a sense, whilst it is a film that puts you through the mill, and you're right. Um, you end up still witnessing some of the best of human well, beings. It's
0: unbelievable what you've captured here. The performances, by the way, are absolutely stellar.
2: Mm. You no, know, all of the, all my guys, I mean, just, you know, just amazing. I'm you know, very grateful to have to have had that bunch of actors. Um, but you're right, you know, hey, look, it's been called a number of things. I mean, you're calling it a war film, and yes, it's, it, it is it um, is set in a war zone, but without the enemy. Without the enemy they think they're fighting anyway. Right. Um... And, you know, it's a very static war film. You know, there's not lots of firefights. There's not lots of all the other things you normally associate with a genre called war films. So you could question whether it's a war film at all. Um, Oddly enough, one of the soldiers, actually, Tug, has, has said in the past that, you know, he thinks it's actually a love story. Now, I think that's pushing it a little bit, but but to the extent that that's that's what you're talking about, the human emotion that that makes you feel good, it's love. It's it's love for these guys for one another.
0: And the fact that these guys, for the most part, uh, maybe they made the wrong decision to go down to see what was going on in the first place. And I get the sense they made that call based on boredom. There's Parling. just nothing yeah. going on. What the hell are we doing here anyway, yeah. right? Because that really comes through. Um, by the way, the shot of the sign, leave all your morale behind, is <laughs> fantastic.
2: But again, no, that's true, yeah. that's real. Yeah. So we didn't yeah. make that up.
0: I, oh, I bet, yeah, yeah. But this sense of, of what are we doing here? We're playing cards, we're drinking tea, we're-, we're um, are We
2: Mary Marie Claire.
0: That's right, I mean, it's just absurd on yeah. some level, right? So, so in that sense, you're, there's a, a much larger political statement Seems to me too that you're you're making with the film. But what I love about the humanity in this is these friends, these brothers, these you know soldiers. They ultimately seem to make the right choices.
2: Mm. Well, they one of the key moments, of course, when Tug decides to to help and with a knapsack. With a knapsack, and I think you know, um and the interesting there is it it informs what you might call heroism, or what you might call bravery. Uh, I, I would argue that you know heroes aren't born. And I think also in a, in a lot of movies that we watch, we, we, we have a hero and a heroic figure who is just comes fully formed in one way or another. Whereas the reality is I think you know we're all potentially heroes and we're all potentially cowards. Yes. And the only way we're ever going to know how we're going to respond in certain circumstances is by living through it. And at that point Tug makes a very conscious decision. To become a hero, I don't think he would ever term it that way. By the way, um, because he would say he simply was doing what he had to do. But he still didn't have to do it. He could have chosen just to stay there. Um, so he faced his his nemesis in a sense and, and, and chose to face it straight on.
0: What do you, I mean, so these are guys. These guys are trained to to behave a certain way, which I think is is really interesting too. That um, uh, I guess you're trained. You know, don't leave anyone behind. This whole idea of looking out for each other, looking over you—I've know, got your back. Mm-hmm. You know that whole sort of mentality, and like you say, your true colors don't really shine until you're in, thrown into the middle of it. It's quite an existential statement, actually, mm-hmm. from a philosophical perspective, because you know the French and German philosophers would say it's freedom, it's choice, it's responsibility. Now, what the heck are you going to do with it when it really matters? Yeah. Right. And so tug, does so you say heroes aren't um, born; they're made. Then. Yeah. So, so, what is it about Tug that he brought to this that maybe others might not?
2: Well, it's questionable whether anybody else would have made a different decision, mm-hmm. given their brotherhood. Uh, I, I suspect, they were, I, he, they in my world, he probably was compelled to do that, right. you know, every every fibre of his being compelled him to do it. He, he could never have lived with himself right. if he hadn't done it. Um, so in, in that sense, within the brotherhood of the army, the hidden subtext is that somehow, you know, this organization manages to generate that kind of loyalty. That the um, the Strunk line in the UK, because uh, it, it was a was marketed under a different title, was for queen, for country, for your mates. Right. And the key element there is that, to be honest, <laughs> the queen and country is totally irrelevant in that <laughs> wadi. Uh, you're only ever doing it for your mates.
0: Do you think that that uh, the, I mean the army, in a sense, sort of facilitates a um, um, a, a place to be home almost? Oh, good, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know this emb- embrace, the fellowship, the you know, have a drink together, have a smoke together, etc. I
2: mean, this is one of the fundamental problems with people leaving the army. I think, and I'm sure you've got the same problem in the states and Canada as we've got in the UK, which is you know the army is your family. I mean, to the extent that it does your washing for you. Right. Do you know what I mean? You know, right. you These right. young men don't know how to cook necessarily because they've only ever eaten out of a bag or, or whatever it is. Sure, sure. So some of the life skills that you're forced to uh, learn as you leave home, or you go to college, and all the rest of it, sort of, uh, is, are missing for them. So suddenly they're, they're spat out, and they're maybe in their late, th- mid-30s when they leave the army, and they've never really, in a sense, had to do that sort of looking after themselves thing that uh, from a very early age, from from 17. And of course, they no longer have that support infrastructure that the army offers. Um, so, and I think that's sometimes why vets sort of go off, off the rails a little bit, is because they've lost their uh, they've lo- lost their loved ones. Yeah, they've lost their center in some mm-hmm. way. I mean,
0: I think I think coming from an inter- international development background and the work that I do, and so on, I think most of us have lost our center in some way, mm-hmm. and we're all trying to kind of regain that in a way. And some choose the military, and others choose whatever we choose it seems to me it doesn't just like you say heroes aren't born but cowards aren't really born either i don't think right Mm -hmm. i i I gotta come back to the humanity in the film because um and maybe that has to do with the choices that we make but the it's a dark it's a dark film you know it's 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 hard to watch at points and i mean that in a good way Mm. Right. I mean, it's a really compelling film because I, I come away with, like I said, this, this strength of the human spirit. Wow, look at what we really can do. Is that how you feel? Did you feel that going in? Or did you actually think it was going to kind of play out a little differently once you got uh, into the you movie?
2: Ask, you know, that's a really interesting question because I, I think it's actually something I sort of came to in the filmmaking process mm. rather than seeing it in the script. Because we were always slightly worried, uh, you know, making the script. but it, it, You know, the absurdity. Of, the, of this position uh, would dominate. Right. Um, I mean, I had two two sort of technical challenges. One, one that the absurdity would take over, and B that I wasn't going to be able to sustain the. Um, the threat, if you like, of a hidden enemy, because it's hidden. (laughs) At least in Jaws, you can have the fin going through the water occasionally. We we, we couldn't do that. Oh, listen,
0: I kept waiting. The tension is there, believe me. It's beyond palpable. I mean, I just kept waiting for the the mortar to land, the hand grenade to land, or or whatever. I mean, the enemy, in a sense, was themselves. You know, the helicopter coming in, just laying waste to the area. And I looked at my wife, and I said, you've got to be kidding me. They're supposed to be coming to save them. You know
2: it's you know really sweet though and this is in real life mm. if you talk to tug about that mm. he praises that young pilot mm. He says that young pilot, you know, because apparently bunny was a hes the youngest guy in the RAF I believe to receive the distinguished flying cross is that right? Yeah, eh? because it's not his fault, you know. All these guys sort of blame themselves sure, to one way or another. Sure, sure. sure. But he was a, again a hero. He landed that, Chinook in a tiny, confined space, and was trying to help. Yeah, of you course know. he was. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the, the fact but that I, had, but I think it shows. Us.
0: This is where I go. This is Paul. This is an anti-war film, right? Because you see the absurdity of it. There, there really is nothing you can do to make this situation better, mm, in, apart from not
2: being it. <laughs> exactly. Except which
0: is great, right? Yeah. And that's a question I think you have to ask as you come out of the theater on this film. So let's go back to that hum- that, that realisation you had during the, the filmmaking process about the strength of the humans. Well, sort of
2: what the story was about, in a sense. What, what is the story about? What, right, what kind right. of film have you got here? And uh, I, I had identified it as a horror movie, to be honest. I, I think wow. fairly early on I'd realised that it's not really a war movie. It's what we call a monster-in-the-house movie. Uh, it is very similar to Jaws, very similar to Jaws. You know, the guy's standing on the hilltop, looking down so close to these guys, but they can't help them. It's the same as someone standing on the beach. The rock, the rock coming down the down. mountain.
0: Sound is so well used in this film, and uh, with the flies seem to be um, a very conscious choice. We got those for free. <laughs> I bet you. Did.
2: Um, but you know, so so going back to the you know yeah, what's, please, what's the theme of the theme of the piece? I, you know, I, I was sort of making a horror movie uh, in my head, something from a sort of technical department. Um, but you know, as the guy's performance sort of grew, and and because we had, we shot it in a linear, we shot it in story order. So Fair enough, yep. you know, uh, day one was Stu Hell's leg bone being blown off. I mean, so the first act we did separately, but but you know, in terms of the body, we we shot in story order. So by the time we got to Happy Birthday. Which, yeah, is a you wonderful know,
0: scene, by
2: the way. I was in tears watching on it. well, set. It's,
0: it. it's a tear-jerking scene. Yeah. It
2: um, really is. But beautiful all the same. By then, I was sort of going, go, oh, I think I might have got it now. <laughs> <laughs> you made me shouldn't print that because that might just ruin my directing career. That's right. You're yes. sort of supposed to know it's, before you go and Paul, make it. All
0: your career is officially over oh, as thank of you. today. Yes,
2: yeah. Uh, because I revealed I'll make it up as I go. That's right. Um, but, you no, know, you then really sort of got that humanity and you, you understood understood what it was about and sort of leaving tug in the minefield to me
0: that's directorial intention coming out that's not making it up as you go along that's about indwelling the particulars of the story Mm -hmm. and having been immersed in research and these guys and hanging out with them and as you unpack it you go uh uh-huh, You have these moments, which I think the audience is going to have as well, right? Isn't yeah. that the beauty of filmmaking in a sense? It, it is,
2: and, and it's sort of, it, of course, it's there in the script. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, right. that'd be wrong. Yeah. But you know, it, it only is realised by brilliant actors bringing that script to life, and embedding those words into a character who you can, who you can embrace, right. you know. And I think that's that's what they did as an ensemble. So, as a director, through the lens, through the
0: frame, if you will, you were in tears
2: said on, set. Uh, on the, in the happy birthday thing um, I had to go over and I'd say well done to the guy and yeah. I mean, it just did the, the words didn't come out properly. wow wow,
0: that's pretty that's pretty astounding
2: uh, but you know there moments like that throughout the whole shoot where yeah. you know uh, I mean when Scott did his first when when his leg got blown off he didn't tell us what he was going to do I mean we discussed what nothing <laughs> yeah, what sure, he wanted sure, to do
0: sure
2: and he tells the story later on that I, I and he invented this I'd love to claim it by the way as being a director of weed because <laughs> now I might get my job back um, <laughs> that's right but, Yes. <laughs> But but we'll do it, our best yeah. but, but it was his idea these prosthetics were You know, they're, they're simply prosthetics for real So you'd walk around the set and you would walk past it going Ugh, Like that, you know, it doesn't look good in yeah, real life sure, It doesn't I look bet. good and Scott was rigged up and was was put put down there and he deliberately stopped himself looking At what Cliff had put on his leg So when we turned over it was the first time he looked at it. Wow
0: and yeah, I mean, I, I can remember all of idea. us, you know, D.O.P. and everyone
2: going around and going, "Ooh, that's not very nice. Um, you know, and he got that experience himself. So suddenly his performance went up a level like that. Because of the way we were shooting it, which was uh, sort of handheld and, and, and following yeah. the guys yeah. around, we just, I just let the scene run. I mean, once he took off, that then impacted on and, yeah. on David and, uh, and Grant, who were playing the other two characters. And they were coming over here expecting that they just... Do what we did in the rehearsal room and instead they've got this mad thrashing about that's going on from scotland no one was expecting but they stuck with it and so their performance is all the more genuine because that's them responding to something they're not really expecting um and we just let the camera run and run and run and run and run and actually i think in the edit we pretty much used just just one take around yeah. No, that, that's the that's the magic of making movies. Yeah, absolutely. But, you, know, you know the revelations. If, right? if I was a better director, I would claim it as something, <laughs> I, something I've manufactured. No, you know what
0: though? Somebody's going to claim it for you, right? Um. Because that is the sign of a of a brilliant director in my in my world. I mean, I'm no film critic. I'm here for the conversation about the greater good, <laughs> Paul. I guess you could say. But I think that is the sign of a brilliant director in the sense that knowing when to pull back, knowing when to say no, knowing
2: when to. You know, let, to, let rip. I mean let Ken, Ken Loach says, uh, no, 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 I and mean, I don't agree with Ken Loach on many things, but on this particular thing, I do agree with him, you know, that the director's job really is simply to, to bash the piste. Mm. You know, is to make sure that people know where the mountain is and where you're pointing down and then let them let them go.
0: Do you think um, that this could be seen as a metaphor for, I don't know, the vulnerability of the human race? Is that is that too corny, Paul? Is that, that a little too high level well, yeah,
2: for you? Or? Probably, um, yeah. <laughs> but but you know that aren't all aren't all films that you know in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, what it what it does is it, in the absurdity, in the chance, in the in, in the fatalism that's attached to all of this. Um, it, that's that's a human standard, whether you're a stockbroker or a steelworker or a, a mother or whatever. It, it's all it, you know. We all of us in our lifetime come across those those great big sort of fake moments. Um, You know, we like to think we're in control of our lives, but uh, I think think that's a a ruse by our brain (laughs) to make it more acceptable.
0: Well, I think on some level we're all thrown into it, you know. uh, Simone de Beauvoir, sorry to go academic on you, the existentialists would say we're thrown into a world not of our own making. Now Mm. what are we going to do? These guys, absolutely, holy smokes. This is a, to me, this is a class in modern existentialism, you know, we have happening in front of us. Well, listen, they're going to kick us out of here soon. I, I... I am so glad we had this opportunity to chat, and I, I, again, congratulations on a brilliant film. Thank you. I hope it uh, I hope it wins awards. Um, how do you think it's going to be received in the UK, or has it already played? It's
2: already played in the UK. Okay, and? So we, uh, and it went down well. We had a good theatrical experience. It's on home end now. Um, Fantastic. It's not, you know, audience Nobody's wise. been it's, egging your house? Oh, no, no, no. Hey, it's been well-received we've at we've sort got of all a, levels? Rotten Tomatoes were at 100%. Wow. So and wow. oh, many movies like that. So, um, good for you You know, yeah. really pleased. With I it.
0: wondered if you'd take a little heat, sort of, maybe politically possibly on it, but I uh, wasn't uh, 100% sure on it. Well, that. I know we
2: took that before when the MOD refused to help us. Oh, uh, okay. Um, okay. Uh, and we ended up with, I think it was Daily Mail, had a double page spread on us saying that the movie the MOD never wanted you to see. Wow. Wow. Which is, uh, which is awesome. handy for the publicity. <laughs> well, I was going to say, <laughs> kind of what you want. But, um, no, it's, be, it's be universally well received, which is just brilliant. Fantastic. So I'll be uh, trying to
0: get word on the street for you. Thank you again for your time and your generosity. Let's hope for part two. Thanks. Thank
2: you.
1: Selling a little or a lot?